You're listening to the Cars of Carlisle Network, podcast episode 74. Carlisle Customs and Classics with Vanessa and Vinny Scalavino. Cars of Carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive. Darren and his CFC team are ever searching for interesting automotive happenings, real stories about real car people, and fun features to inform and entertain you. Each week, the Cars of Carlisle crew brings you show topics ranging from car shows to team adventures to auto racing weekends to behind-the-scenes human interest stories from car nuts that live across town, across the country, or even across the globe. Come join the road trip. Today, ride along to the Shippensburg, Pennsylvania area to hang out in the shop with two of the most knowledgeable, professional, and genuine people in the automotive industry, meet Vinny and Vanessa Scalavino, a father-daughter business partnership that's been building amazing vehicles for clients from all over the map. The Scalavino's business, Carlisle Customs and Classics, provides award-winning customization and restoration to vehicles ranging from pedal cars to quarter-million-dollar exotics. This family-run business puts great pride in further building their reputation for producing world-class quality, innovative, and highly sophisticated vehicles. In fact, the Scalavinos foster a sincere interest in turning clients into extended family. Hear how this special car family started out in a 4,000-square-foot garage in Brooklyn, New York during the 80s and have since worked tirelessly to build a first-class automotive empire, which is soon to move into a state-of-the-art 96,000-square-foot facility in 2020. It's time to meet our hot rod friends at Carlisle Customs and Classics. So, let's get up! Hello and welcome back, Cubers, to your favorite informative automotive podcast. I am your trusted host, Darren, and this week we are going west towards Shippensburg, Pennsylvania to meet with friends of ours, Vanessa and Vinny Scalavino. They are a daughter and father partnership in the family-owned business, and they do some amazing work. And they build incredible customs, hot rods, restoration work they do is second to none. And I'm really excited for you to hear this interview with them and to hear about the 36 years of business and all that they've accomplished. But before we get into that, let's hear all that's going on with our friends to the east in Hershey at the AACA Museum. And it is still not too late for the night to sign up for that Night at the Museum event to be held Wednesday, October 9th. In fact, I think the expert, the uh, deadline for sign up is the 1st of October, so be sure to do that. But in that particular evening, the museum will come alive with character actors as they bring the automotive past to life. And the museum itself will be honoring the Carlisle event's founders, Bill Miller Jr. and the late Chip Miller that evening, as part of their annual Automotive Heritage Awards ceremony. It really should be noted, too, that one of the auction items that will be available to bid on is a ride in the last surviving automatic transmission equipped Tucker. Yeah, that's right. That, the winner of that auction item is going to be extremely lucky. That winner and a guest of their choosing will be taken on a once in a lifetime ride in Tucker number 1026. And lastly, save the date for the 10th anniversary of the Autos and Ales. That's to be held on Friday, November 1st. And when you buy three tickets, you get a fourth at no charge as a designated driver ticket. So check out more information at autosandales.com. And before we jump towards Shippensburg, let's do this week's podcast trivia question. And that simply is this. True or false? Did Ettore Bugatti say that weight was the enemy? We'll have that answer at the end of the show. 
So now, let's head to Carlisle Customs and Classics. Hello Cubers, this is Darren and I am lucky enough today to be at 2275 on Rittner Highway just outside of Newville between Newville and Schippensburg and we'll be talking more about the facility here soon but with me is Vinny Scalavino and his daughter Vanessa Scalavino. Thank you both for letting me come into your shop tonight. Thank you. No, you're welcome. Well, very excited just to let everybody know about here in the Carlisle area, uh, the Carlisle Customs and Classics. Uh, how long you been around? Let's maybe start with... Uh, well, we've been in this area for 26 years. Coming out of Brooklyn, correct? Uh, moving out of Brooklyn. Um, been doing this for 47 years. I own my own business for 36 years. And... Um, Wanted to be near Carlisle, capital of the world, mm. for car shows. I was just going to ask you, I mean, coming from uh, the borough and then all the way out to, yeah. to Carlisle, was it really just the, the car shows? And, well, and the, I came the, out to Carlisle with uh, friends and family to different shows, mm -hmm. even when the kids were young. And mm -hmm. then we'd come out to Hershey or we'd come out to uh, Lancaster. So central Pennsylvania was very... Uh, likable to come here. I came here when I was a kid with my parents and then I took my kids here as a parent so it kind of grew on us and then mm. uh, being near Carlisle we talked to different people in the, in the management there to see what they would think about a restoration shop in the area and uh, next thing you know we were working with them hand in hand to get started did some promotion work with them, did, painted a couple of giveaway cars mm. that they had, mm -hmm. and started making a name for ourselves right here in, in the Shippensburg area. Okay, excellent. Now, Vanessa, as, as daughter, you were obviously part of the, some of these road trips and, and, right. and seeing this area, so this probably felt a lot like home away from Brooklyn at times, correct? Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it was definitely a big adjustment when we first got here, right. um, when you're living and not visiting. It was right. definitely a change, but it was it was good, and... I pretty much went to, you know, middle school and high school and everything here, so got used to the area, and it's very nice, especially, you know, been in and around Carlisle a lot. So, Are you, you a know. Big Spring district? Yeah, Big Spring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. so Bulldogs, and uh, yeah, so I, I like the area, but yeah, it was definitely an adjustment. <laughs> oh, sure, absolutely. And then you were saying, own your own business for 36 years? Yeah, I started back in 1984 in New York. And, okay. Uh, we moved out here in 1993 and mm -hmm. we've been out here 26 years wow. and uh, doing this since I'm 16 years old so once I got my license I was hooked so how did you did you knew, do it out of necessity like you were you had your first vehicle and you needed to do some body work or how did it all really what was the the starting point for you well I got my first vehicle and I just started putting hands on mm -hmm. working on it with uh, with different friends and getting different ideas and Next thing you know, uh, I'm up with one car, and I called it like a beater, and then that would be a nice car, so I would put that in the garage and get another car, and that would be a beater, and made that a nice car, so before you know it, I had three cars in the garage, and kept making one after the other as a hobbyist. Right. And then one time, a close friend of mine says, Vinny, why don't you do this as a business? And I didn't give it much of a thought at the time, but it did make sense to do that, so... That's the start of my illustrious career as a owner, and most of the cars I did were as a hobbyist, and then we started building cars professionally for people. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what uh, those first two, three, four vehicles were that were in your in your young younger self garage? Yeah, my first car was a '67 Camaro. Okay. Which. Uh, SS. No, it was a regular car with a small block Chevy, and you went into the gas station and you told them the. 
fill the oil and check the gas okay. because it burned more oil than the gas. <clears throat> and then uh, me and my brother Santo went on a hunting trip a week before I graduated high school in 1974. And I came back and we just shot two bears and we put everything away and my mom says, go get something to eat for everybody. And I wound up taking a ride with the car after driving a thousand miles trouble free there and back. I totaled the car that night because somebody went through a stop sign and I went to avoid him, put the car in a spin, and there was an off-duty cop behind me that witnessed the whole thing that verified it. Otherwise, they would have thought I was some rotten kid speeding or something. But it was my first car, so that was on a Friday night. Mm. I graduated next Tuesday, so I went out and bought a 1968 Plymouth Barracuda 340 mm. motor Pistol Formula grip. S. Uh, no, not okay. that particular one. Okay. And then I built that car, and and that's before you know, we build one, and the next thing you know, we're building another one, and then another one, and mm -hmm. you know, hanging out with the right people, getting educated, hands-on experience is always the way to go uh, if you're self-taught, mm -hmm. and you know, you learn by your mistakes, and you go forward, and you make the next one better than the one before. Mm -hmm. And once I started doing it as a, a business, then. Then I became much more known in, in my area, Brooklyn, mm -hmm. and then we moved out to Long Island, and I commuted, and then eventually I moved to Carlisle, so we set up here in Shippensburg, across the street, at an, an old abandoned building, and, you know, coming from a 4,000-square-foot building in New York with two walk-in doors and one man and one big overhead door with no ventilation and no back... And coming to a building with 13,500 square feet of building with a four-room apartment, which I lived in for seven months, and six acres of property, I had to pinch myself to say, this is, is this really happening to me, you know? Because New York's real estate is very hard to come by, mm -hmm. and, and big shops are not that popular mm -hmm. to find. And mm -hmm. I didn't need more than 4,000 square feet to start, but coming in have the option to be in that type of building mm -hmm. gave me a lot more opportunity to expand mm -hmm. so we we did just that well do you remember your first paying customer or at least a big yeah. what the job was I was a like a 1978 Lincoln Continental the guy okay. he worked in a um, a catering place that we did business with to the family okay. and he had a Lincoln needed a paint job and he knew I was in business and the people that had the catering hall recommended him to us and we did our first paint job in the nice. brand new building and we hired different people got to know their talents and mm -hmm. their strong points and weak points and mm -hmm. um, sometimes you take them in under your wing and you make them your family and you know mm -hmm. sometimes they stay a long time and sometimes they move on it depends on the situations mm -hmm. well Vanessa how many people are in the in the current shop family today currently we have nine employees uh, we're pretty much usually between 10 to 12 like at any given time okay. um, but yeah right we've had a pretty steady nine uh, and then we'll, we do an eventual expansion then we'll be adding we're a little tight for space now so right. nine is about all you can fit without people okay butting their heads together too well much. yeah so that's, that's yeah. right so well tell tell the listeners a little bit about how daughter Vanessa <coughs> 
Were you house. always a car person, or how did this all come to be? Yeah, I was always a car person, actually. Even as a little kid, I was convinced that I... Well, I mean, I actually could identify cars pretty well, but some things I was convinced I knew, you know, more than I actually did. Like, I pretty much convinced my mom that there was a 1957 Chevy Cadillac model, <laughs> and, you know, she pretty much believed it for a while. But So there was some confusion, but I always, I always liked cars. I pretty much always expected to be more of a hobbyist, than uh, full-time working in the mm-hmm. industry. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really work in the shop until uh, my first summer between high school and college. And I did some administrative things. And then, you know, by spring break of that same year, I was sanding the Carlisle tram to get ready for oh, painting. Oh, wow, and yeah. Like that, Anybody so. that knows Carlisle events knows that tram. That yeah. Bright yeah. red. Yeah, yeah exactly. that was one of our sponsorships. So we had the, the, the main tram and three cabooses behind it and they actually had to have a police escort to bring it from the car show to mm-hmm. my shop on Hanover Street when we moved into Carlisle. The I've heard this story yeah. actually from Tim Bowman I think yep. it was. Yep. Wow. So that was my spring break just okay. DAing that tram <laughs> and then uh, yeah and so I worked back and forth um, between college and law school I did a lot of the online marketing and um customer contracts and everything like that and then when I was here detailing and doing some of the design work but um was still planning on going more into private practice or a corporate corporate counsel um as like an in-house counsel somewhere and then we started thinking about doing this whole expansion and I was already working here doing a lot of the same things I'd be doing at another company so we just decided to keep it in-house and just go partners and Mm -hmm. so then we'll just grow the company together and so it's a good fix. I like the variety and the design and, you know, not having the same thing every single day. But yes. then there's also, you know, would I have gone to law school if I knew I was going to do this? No, oh, maybe. But it definitely definitely doesn't hurt to have it for, right. you know, all the contracting right. and everything like that. Absolutely. So, I mean, never hurts. Right. But, you know, not necessarily the most conventional <laughs> path towards working here. But, yeah, it all works. Did you so. go to Dickinson by chance? Uh, no, I went to Villanova. Oh, okay. Mm, okay. Yeah. Just curious. Yeah, I went to Dickinson in high school for some classes and stuff, but um, then the knee town uh, for uh-huh. college and then okay, Nova for for law school. But yeah, uh, that's great. Yeah. And when Vanessa was three years old, uh, her sister was born in 1989, and I built a certain car for the kids. Now there was a 1936 fiberglass car. And I asked the guy, can he cut the car down the middle and make it 12 inches bigger? And he said, yeah. So he made me a car that was bigger than an average small pedal car. And I created this thing so two kids could both go in. Like nobody, a wide body. Yeah. Nobody arguing who's going to be in and wait to be the next one. So they both would be in. And I made two steering wheels. And I pushed them around with this thing for all the shows we went to. And in order to take this thing to a show... Had to buy like a six by ten little tow behind trailer to put this car in, and everywhere we went, it was very well accepted because people saw it. They wanted one for their kids, so mm-hmm. their grandparents wanted them for their grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And Vanessa and Desiree got in more magazines, <laughs> newspapers, <laughs> videos yep. than any professional car I ever did. Uh, because I would go up to the photographers at these shows and I said, look, I got the best thing that you could see for your magazine. And I said, look at that, look at that. A, a car to keep the kids into our sport. Two cute little girls. And they would take a picture, bring it to the editor, and the editor would use it each and every time because it was 
getting the kids into something yeah. that we love. Yeah, yeah. And it was a novelty, and it went over very well. And 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 the kids are actually somewhat famous for where they go because people recognize them from being young wow. and in there. This yeah. was oh wow you know, yeah. and, and then instead of pushing it around that's great people used to say once you get a motor I said well wait the kids get a little older so then we put a five horsepower go-kart motor in there uh-huh. had an electric start had a gas had brake had a oh, speedometer wow. had an emergency brake and had headlights and taillights and a lift off body and it would go about 30 35 miles an hour well, that and had fun. they had yeah. a ball of fun with that well, and every time it. we went to a show <laughs> We would take it, but then because of liability factors, a lot of shows didn't want any moving cars around with young kids, so it kind of took a little turn that uh, we can only take it to so many places. But uh, we still have it. It'll be something they have till the day they die, and I would never sell it. It was redone three times. It's 30 years old at this point, and we did it three Mm -hmm. different times. And upgraded different things with colors and design. And, and it's time for new shoes, though. It's got, oh, yeah. Got new, new rims. Okay. What's the current color? It looks like it's like a... Like a Currently, it is a black and peach. And actually, okay. let me see if I have some pictures. It's actually a pretty crazy uh, pinstriping scheme. By and even if you if you emailed and shared this, I could put this out on the Instagram oh, yeah, post. Sure. I mean, people would love to see this. The I'm striping sure. on it is incredible. We had a guy out in Long Island. Alex in Wonderland Wonderland that could lay striping down you would never believe he did it freehand and he put their names on the doors and I airbrushed the grill in the front and put bumpers on the car made out of leaf springs put taillights from a 48 Ford Deluxe put 29 model lace side marker lights on it for headlights uh, it's two steering wheels with both of them could drive at the same time, so nobody's in a situation they couldn't drive. So everybody was. Throttle brake on both sides or just the one? Uh, my uh, wheel was the real wheel, and my sister had the dummy wheel. Uh, so. okay. But uh, she yeah. turned. That's what older sisters get. Though. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, well, they both turned, so they all felt like I'm pretty sure it started with a pretty one good wheel. thing. And she just <coughs> complained a lot, and so then we added the dummy wheel. <laughs> she was only two, but neither of us were driving, so really. I think she's old enough to know the secret now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping Desiree figured it out. Yeah. Eventually, she got she well, got that and kicked me out of the driver's seat. Yeah. <laughs> the kids getting into cars, and we, as a family, would go to shows all the time together. Mm. Uh, me, my wife, my kids, and mm. we get them involved, and we've gone to some shows where they're 36 years in a row. That we've gone to the show and we've grown up with other families and had family car reunions instead of just family reunions. Mm. And we've gone to their weddings and their communions and christenings and sweet 16s as they have come to ours and made a lot of really good friends. And Mm -hmm. that's the good thing about the car industry. You meet new people every day. Sometimes you could take them and go long term with friendship now. Vanessa's 33. She's never missed a show at Let East. Never missed a show. Desiree, 30. Never missed a show at Let East. Tiffany, 21. Never missed a show. They came from the home. They came from grammar school, high school, college, law school, their jobs. My daughter flies in from Chicago to go to these shows in New Jersey and Labor Day weekend. 
that's involved. That and is. And when they get there, they, they meet all their friends, and it's like all home week, and it's wow. it's yeah. awesome. No, it's pretty pretty amazing, and. Yeah, there's a couple of shows that are like that, and then... Uh, and when they were young, they dressed up in poodle skirts and bobby socks, and they had, like, different contests where who was the best bobby socks, and wow. each one of them, at one year or another, won the award, which was cool, because every year you would vote for the kid with the most applause would win, so people would cheer my kid on, and the next year we would cheer somebody else's kid on, and right. it, it was good for the kids, yeah. it really was. Yeah. 50s cars, 50s music. 50s dress, right. 50s uh, haircuts, uh, unbelievable dancing, uh, costumes, everything. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah. not the current color scheme on the. Uh, top I can see what you mean about the the model lays, uh, side markers that right. they made great headlights. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll definitely get that. Get, yeah. If you don't mind emailing that, we'll get a photo yeah, of that. We got four pins that we pop the body right off, disconnect the lights. It's just. It's like it's like a professional rig. Yeah. And it's so a good. very involved toy. It's not something that you go oh, no, buy no, in a no, store. No. Everything was handmade, hand fabricated. Uh, it's got an electric start motor, so you don't have to sit there pulling the cord. Right. So there's a lot of a lot of advanced opportunities going into an older vehicle, and um, making it feel like it's a newer vehicle. Mm-hmm. And then we've gotten into that for other people too. Like this is one of the first ones we did, but full pedal car restorations. Oh, wow. Which I know That's, your your father oh, yeah. we yeah yeah we, yeah your father's that, sixty father, years the grandfather yeah. his grandfather he built that one the that, that was pretty we impressive did that one. yeah yeah that was awesome and that that restoration from the time I saw it when I uh, came over when we had it in, back at the house it's beautiful it's yeah. impeccable the work he did and the black paint yeah. of Santa Vesta you cannot make a mistake with black paint it, yeah. it is in, right. unforgiving so. Yeah, it's pretty crazy with some of these little pedal cars because we'll, we'll get people who call us from Sweden and Switzerland and they actually want to do them. They're really big over there. Mm-hmm. And so we actually might do some and ship them out. But they're really involved if you want to actually mm-hmm. restore the older ones as opposed to painting the new you know, reproduction ones because mm-hmm. they're just a lot more intricate and you still have to get all the rust out, all the body work, everything right. like that. So. It's all the same things, just very smaller versions. We deal with people of all ages from the 20s to the mid 80s wow. uh, we have a gentleman that uh, we saw him at that show at Led East and he was from Boston and we were from New York so of course he liked the Red Sox and we liked the Yankees mm-hmm. so we had a perfect rivalry going on all the time every year and then one day he says look I want you to paint my motorcycle I took a little spill with it but I want to give it to my son-in-law who flies F-16 fighter jets in Afghanistan. So I said, that would be awesome. So we called up and tried to get some paint from Harley-Davidson, and they wouldn't sell us the paint because they said that they do their own work and they don't sell paint, which I couldn't think that that would be a possibility. But we decided that if they didn't want to sell us the paint, we'll paint it customized. So we painted a candy apple red, and put a waving American flag over the whole bike and he took this bike and gave it to his son-in-law and the best payday that I ever got in my whole life for doing a job was from this gentleman from Boston. It wasn't money per se. This gentleman took an American flag and put it in his F-16 fighter jet plane and flew over an enemy mission and sent me a flag in a box, a triangle box that I have outside that wall with a certificate that that gentleman flew that mission in my honor 
and that was the most incredible thing that I could ever receive for doing my labor. Mm. And the guy is out there fighting for our country, for our safety, and he was just overwhelmed with the bike, and he was so grateful, and it felt so good to do something for somebody like that. It's not all about money. It's wow. about making people happy. And sometimes the price is... Uh, it's not the issue. It's 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 a priceless thing doing something like mm -hmm. that for that man, mm -hmm. you know, and have that certificate on display and mm -hmm. that flag on display. Mm -hmm. That'll be a long time here, long after the money that we earn from jobs. Mm -hmm. So that was mm -hmm. probably the most incredible thing I've ever received in yeah. the business. Yeah, you know? that was that's awesome. pretty special. Awesome. Yeah. We have a guy who's about eighty-five years old. He has an MG. It's a MG fifty-eight. 53 MGTD and his name is Wayne and he could tell you everything about that car he knows everything back and forth and here's a gentleman that flew a plane before he drove a car and he was a pilot in, 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 in the war he was the first instructor instructor for the B-52s no kidding yeah. okay. so, so I mean stories you have we have a picture of him outside the door of him in his young day that's another priceless thing that yeah. you have I yeah. mean because now you have memories you know, money you make, you put in your pocket, you spend. That's not a memory. That no. that that goes. It's transactional. Yeah. It's a transaction. Mm -hmm. We have physical evidence of things that are worth mm -hmm. more than dollars itself. Mm -hmm. And we have a great customer base. When we build cars, we put a lot of them on display in the Carlisle show, uh, Carlisle Springtime. We'll have nine cars on display that are easily over a million dollars worth of cars, all owned by the customers. That shows you the faith and the trust that they have in me mm -hmm. to borrow their car and mm -hmm. put it on display. Mm -hmm. But at these displays, people have gained the opportunity to make different magazines, newspapers, sometimes videos. Mm -hmm. We had two of our cars on the stage in Shippensburg Law Center behind Jay Leno on his stage. And wow. one was a 48 Chevy from, from New Jersey for Al Serino and wow. one was a 68 Mustang for Mohammed Obidi from Maryland and yeah, both those customers that. came with their with their friend and their wives and watched their car on stage and watched Jay Leno perform his comedy act with them with their car behind it which is awesome mm -hmm. you know what I mean that's mm -hmm. some of the things that come about in a positive way mm -hmm. from putting the car in the right place at the right time right that's incredible. <clears throat> yeah, we'll definitely uh, have to, if you have an uh, opportunity yeah, to show those photos, else. we can put that out there. Sure. Did you want to talk a little about, Vanessa, well, about the... this was just the, when you were asking about how when we first started, this yes. was like mm -hmm. the first of the kind of Carlisle interaction with Carlisle uh -huh. events. Okay. And so this was a Team Cobra that they did between our shop and I guess one of the technical schools. And so... Uh, they all worked on that together, and so that was kind of the first. The spring of '94, then. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, then there was a '61. Then we did a '61 Corvette. Corvette giveaway, in in 1994. In 1998, we did a black and silver 1998 silver anniversary pace car, which mm. was 20 years old. We did that '98. Mm -hmm. And then we did the tram. We did some work for Chip Miller. We did some work for Bill Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually painted uh, a, um, a ride 
a horse ride that would be outside a store that you would put a quarter yeah. in and put your car yeah, yeah. on it and ride of course, it. Yeah. And Bill Miller had one of those and he brought it to us to restore and we did that for him. Um, you know, we don't just work on cars. We work on everything. Right now, we have a uh, Coney Island bumper car that was on at Williams Grove mm-hmm. and we're making that into a uh, modern little four-wheeler that a guy can drive at over 30 miles an hour with oh, the wow. body mm-hmm. of a pedal car which looks bumper. like a uh one of the bumper car bumper cars yeah 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 in like coney island sure and they bought it from williams grove raceway or the amusement park uh-huh. that they had there at the time yeah so that's gonna be a cool project you know it's always dare to be different and do something yeah. that no one else has make your own statement so when you pull up to a red light you have something that has its own personality. Today, every car it looks the same. Mm. When you pull up to a corner, you could be misjudged on who you are because there's another car that looks just like you. That's right. We try to build our cars with its own personality that reflects the customer. And that's what people like. Mm-hmm. What is it like to have Vanessa as a, as a partner and, and working in the business side by side every day? Oh, it's a great help. And, you know, she's very good with the computer I'm not a computer person so mm-hmm. if we're looking to find something she goes on the internet she finds it. if somebody wants to sell something she puts on the internet she sells it mm-hmm. she handles that great we look for a car like we have a customer now his name is Eddie he has a 74 Roadrunner <clears throat> he was looking last fall and said he wanted to buy a Roadrunner in 1974 because mm-hmm. he had one when he was a Philadelphia policeman and he used to use it as a nostalgia is a strong power, isn't oh, it? Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. Undercover cop, he used this robot, oh, wow. and it was yellow. So now he was almost sixty-five years old, and he wanted to get another one. So Vanessa goes online, <laughs> and ironically, we're from Brooklyn and Long Island. You're like a broker for him, then. yeah. <laughs> and she finds one in Queens, New York. And strange as it may seem, the buyer is a Philadelphia cop. The seller's an NYPD car. <laughs> so we went there and bought this car for him, brought it back, and we're redoing a whole car in different colors, interior and everything. And we showed him the car when we first got it on his 65th birthday. So what better happy birthday gift can you get to see a car that's going to be restored to your colors, your choices, mm-hmm. you know. And it was the cleanest car we've ever found. Yeah, it, it was, was. it was just incredible. It was a third owner car, but... Thirty thousand miles. Uh, oh, wow. It was just avocado green. That was the only thing wrong yeah. with it. So yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> it was like garage. He's kept. painting a black cherry with a dark silver stripe. He's gonna have uh, different airbrushes on it with the the uh, the, the Roadrunner, mm. and it's gonna be awesome. And we're gonna change the top of the motor where instead of having a carburetor, he's gonna have a fuel injection system, mm-hmm. so you can turn the key and go anytime he wants mm. without worrying about the choke getting stuck like old cars do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's gonna be totally different than what it was, but. The originality staying mostly in the car itself mm-hmm. as far as the drive line. Mm-hmm. We'll change the interior color, we'll change the exterior color, but it's an incredible car for something that's a 1974. Wow. Very, very hard to find anything that clean. Yeah. You know, most oh, cars yeah. we take apart, uh, they look good until you start taking them down to the bare metal, and then there's super rust work because we live in the East Coast, so mm-hmm. if it's New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, all these sure. cars are out in the weather. Yeah. If they're not garage kept, they're going to be in rough shape. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We worked on a Volkswagen for a gentleman. Uh, his name was Steve Mayer, and he lived in Carlisle. And we built this car for him, and then he moved to 
North Carolina. And uh, he said to me when we were building the car, because it was his father's, he says, you know, this car was done about 20 years ago. So while we're taking it apart, there was so much rust that we found newspaper stuffed into the side and bottom rocker panels. And when we pulled it out, we said to you, Steve, you know, we can definitely confirm that your car was done 20 <laughs> years ago. And he said, how? I said, because we got newspapers that were stuffed in the car from almost to the day 20 years ago. How ironic could that be? So we did the car. He kept it around here. It was a 74 VW Super Beetle. Mm. Did a beautiful white-blue paint job, widened fenders, uh, put a super motor in there that went from like 50 horsepower to maybe 120 horsepower sure, sure. with dual quads. And he had the misfortune when he was in North Carolina after a couple of years of having the car, I think pertaining to the fuel line that they have this new fuel that eats up the fuel line, that E85. Yeah. And the fuel line splattered all over the hot motor and set the back of the car on fire. Yeah. So he had custom insurance. We took the trailer and went all the way to North Carolina, took it all the way back into Pennsylvania, redid the whole claim for him, rebuilt the whole back, new motor, new convertible top, new paintwork on the whole back of the car. Good as new, if not better, because now we upgraded the motor with another 20 horsepower motor. Mm -hmm. So they, Now you're triple, essentially. Yeah, the original so power. now he's almost triple of what the car had original. And that's a difference oh, when you're driving, yeah. for sure. Yeah vehicle like that you know and then we had another customer that had a yellow 70 77 78 vw mm -hmm. bus and his name was lauren johnson he worked with steve and that's how we got recommended mm -hmm. to to mm -hmm. mr johnson mm -hmm. and his bus came from massachusetts now massachusetts is by the salt mm -hmm. water so it was rusted in really bad shape so i have a guy who works for us we call him mr patches his name is roman morrell He's the only guy I ever met in my life that loves to do rust repair because everybody despises rust repair. So on this bus, we changed every piece of metal around the whole outskirts that was available, and he must have made 50 to 75 new pieces for inside the car mm. with the bus. Then we put an L couch on it and painted it yellow and white instead of pea green, which was ugly. And Lauren Johnson <laughs> could be taking his kids for a ride. He has two twin girls, and when the L couch is in there, we put a little table like you have in a boat and you can go in and out easily enough where the kids can have a snack or a soda or yep. a sandwich or an ice cream and there's countless times where he's driving the car and somebody will pull him over and he'll sit and talk with them for a half hour because they're saying yeah my grandfather had one of them in germany in the war and he drove it around and there's so many good stories from mm. different vehicles you mm. have you know? mm. and then most of the thing is who had one in your family mm -hmm. and if it was good or bad now those yellow buses had no heat so most of the times you heard of people trying to scrape the window with a, with a hammer and they would break the windshield because the, oh, the, it wow. wouldn't defrost. Wow. So this bus really came out fantastic. And, you know, it was rusty like you wouldn't believe. That's Roman. <laughs> I was going to say, you can see all of the new metal and the new patches. And, yeah. mm -hmm. Then we did a 69 Buick Wildcat for a guy out in Far Rockaway Beach, Queens. That was... Mm -hmm out in the weather for 16 years and this gentleman his brother died who owned the car so there was three brothers and it was Reggie Ronald and Roland so um, Reggie told Roland buy the car from our system and we'll build it so they built it they they 
bought the car from the system I picked it up in, in Far Rockway Beach, Queens, which again was our backyard, so it was go back to New York, picked the car up and it was really, really bad. But we rebuilt the whole car and the car was phenomenal. And Roland used it for two years, had a lot of fun with it, but unfortunately we lost him at fifty seven years old and now Reggie has two brothers that are down and he has his mm. car as a memory and uh, that's some of the things that, that we love to do we call those tribute cars because they mm -hmm. belong to somebody in the family mm -hmm. and we recreate them so they're in the family and yeah. when we went to that same show again led east we had 11 family members go from queens to new jersey to be at this show to yeah. be there with the car oh, so, wow. and that's amazing and you know the mother was 90 something years old and she was there because that was her son's car who passed away oh, wow. but ironically she lost a second son and then three months later, she passed away. So the guy Reggie lost his brother and his mother in three months, which was pretty That's terrible. Pretty terrible. Yeah. And in so, the interim, we started building Reggie's car that was destroyed by Hurricane Sandy. Right. So Reggie had a car that was under six feet of water in Rockaway that was totally wasted because of the salt water. And we did his whole car over, and he's gingerly putting it back together mechanically we did all the body and paint and I put a convertible top on but this is the relationship we have with certain people they're like family they're not just customers right. and we love our customers and our customers love us in return and even though we're out of New York 26 years 50% or better come to me from New York we wow. pick up we deliver we provide a service to them that they can't get anywhere else and when we left they were upset but I said look this is something I need to do I need to make this move I want to move out to the country and start up a new business and I still have all my customers from New York and that's a that's a big a testament to you to, yeah. to what we do absolutely it says uh, a lot and will talk to people at the Spring Carlisle show and they'll talk to her and, and, and they'll say to me how does she know so much and how does she know about cars it says because she's been in my shadow for 33 years mm -hmm. and she did a lot of it on her own you know mm -hmm. and being in the right place in the right time and mm -hmm. listening to the the, the 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 language of the cars yes and now she's a female entrepreneur going to be the successor of legacy of our business because when I'm retired this will be my legacy living on to her yeah and I think that's a beautiful thing. Oh, thank you. And Vanessa, I asked your dad earlier what it was like to have you shoulder to shoulder each day. With any any thoughts from your perspective? Yeah, it, it's it's good. I mean, I I learned you know how to build everything and do it the right way through him, and mm -hmm. and so you know it's it's been a long process and everything like that. And when I first started, I was doing kind of more just administrative or little menial works, and then I kind of built my way up. Up, mm -hmm. up the ramps, you know, detailing and stuff. I definitely was no nepotism in positions. Oh, yeah, so, sure. you know, if there was a gutter to be cleaned or right. you know, something like that, I was still doing it. But um, I would prefer it anyways because I didn't, I didn't want to come in and be like the boss's daughter that people right. had to worry about, like what they say or what they do or if they ask me to she help with way. a bumper yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, so, no, it's good. I mean, we learn a lot, you know, obviously sometimes you know you can bump heads and stuff like that when you're around oh, yeah. people that are similar and everything like that but i think the end goal is we have the same end goal and we yes. we push each other to get there and yes. so sometimes i can be 
too straight. And so, you know, like, we both have, like, different mm-hmm. different ways we would like to get there, but it, it all works out. And so I think I think it's a good combination. Right. I think probably all one way or all the other would probably sure. not be as good as That's the combination. Right. So, and yeah. another, another thing that she's great at is we we reach out to people that don't have the time or the know-how to find or build a car. So we say, we will go out and get you eight or ten prospects. Mm-hmm. You pick the one you like, we'll go negati- negotiate the price mm-hmm. and bring it back and build it to your satisfaction with the color, the interior, the motor, any kind of options you want. Right. Uh, we, she had gotten educated by a man named Ed Bloom in the real estate business, and he wanted to build a, uh, an old pickup. So we went out to Puxatoni and picked up a 1952 F1 Ford pickup. No, it had a nice start, but it needed a lot of finish work. And we built that for him, and he enjoyed that. And then two years later, he did a mild, um, another mild upgrade with different suspension and a new motor and new gauges, and then it got even better and better for him. And then we took another vehicle, that uh, a guy who worked in the Pentagon. And he worked uh, in very important places with uh, okay. very important people. And we found him a uh, 60... Seven Camaro in Connecticut and brought it back and redid the whole car for him. And when he goes to the cars and coffee, like in Virginia, he says he didn't even pull up and he got people crowding around the car, you know. So right. he's very happy. And the car's black, which when you do a black car, the car has to be 110% straight. Absolutely. So he has he a car that's really looking good. Wow. People appreciate it. And, you know, he didn't have the time to do that working in the Pentagon. Sure. Know, he was a prior customer, so when he reached out to us, we were more than happy to go out and find him. It actually yeah. works out better, too, because a lot of times people bring in cars that are, unless they have a sentimental value, more it's more economical to find a car in better condition and have a higher initial outset cost in the car than yeah. the overall labor. And we try to steer people in that direction <clears> because... <throat> We want the cars to be able to get finished, and we want people to be able to finish them as economically as possible. Yeah. So, you know, sure, we could make more money and have rust buckets and just do a, a thousand extra patches for another hun- couple hundred hours, but we'd rather see people get where they need to go right. as, you know, yeah. and, you know, maybe then they'll want to use their budget to, like, upgrade the engine or suspension, mm-hmm. or maybe they'll just save it, or maybe mm-hmm. they'll do it in a second car, but, you know, we don't yeah. like to try to, we try to economize so that people get the highest quality build that they can without spending money in a way that they're losing value. I like that. And even so. like the, this time of year, the four car hours a week away, so we have different new clients that are coming in right about now that we can go down to the fairgrounds, pre-order parts, pick them up, and bring them back, and literally save them hundreds or thousands of dollars in shipping Oh yeah. because of the oversized parts. And we provide a service like that by just going 15 miles up the road to do our business, put it in the truck, bring it back here, and go working on a car instead of sending it through on a shipping and then most yep. of the times come in possibly damaged. That's right. So we, we try to find ways to let the people's budget get to the max like where that. we can save them money where we can. That's just good stewardship. Right. And what you may hear in the background is uh, Vanessa has pulled uh, a handful, maybe six or so, Books and I think it's great how you guys for each of the these jobs are creating these these self-contained books that walk from the purchase to the time it comes in to the disassembly right. and the engine work and it takes you right up to the point. Then at the at the close of it, it talks a lot about what the work you've done and the picture of the owner and exactly the finished product. 
Uh, we have maybe between one and three thousand photos for any given job, um, depending on you know the length and the difficulty. Um, but to finish. yeah, so they'll all have digital copies of that, and they'll get progress reports every few days or week, depending on <clears throat> what's going on at that given time. And so we try to keep everything transparent from the beginning with contracts and wish lists, which I can explain more later. But then also like updated billing invoices mm. where we have list of all the parts that are being mm -hmm. bought part for part itemized down. exactly and then mm -hmm. at the end of the job they get a folder they have a copy of the original parts bill so if they mm -hmm. ever need to order anything or see what was in the car or sure. valuation and that way you know also like these are all the parts you're getting we're not just putting some random number right. there and saying oh right. it's off our inventory shelf you know so that is all helpful but the photos you know we used to put all of them in an album and then you know after like six pages of rust People are really bored at the show, so we do these for each of the customers so they have a consolidated breakdown of kind of this, and then they get a show board complimentary at the end of the oh, job, wow. too. So, nice. Yeah. And most of the time, is when we have these cars on display, we'll put a, a General Motors, a Ford, a Chrysler, a truck, a hot rod, a street rod, uh, an import, because we want people to come into a tent and see that we have everything that we do. Yeah. Because somebody might be a Chrysler fan, if they don't see a Chrysler, they'll walk right, right. by you. Right. Um, the the idea is to look at the kind of work we do and say if that car could look good, they could be good on my car. That's the whole idea. Yes. So, we have gotten customers like when I said we did that Buick for that guy, uh, Roland, the '69 Buick, because that car was on the internet and out there in our in our web page. We have a man named John Porter call me up from Texas and said that his father had a brand new. 69 Buick Wildcat, just like the one we did for the gentleman in Far Rockaway. And he had it since brand new. He's the only original owner. And he wanted to know if we could do the same to his car like we did to Roland's car. Mm -hmm. I said, absolutely. And we got on the phone. We took things with the contract and the wish list to see what he wanted. He got his father involved. Two phone calls later, we're on our way to North Carolina picking up the car. Mm -hmm. You know, we have cars that have gone to Denver, Colorado, to Texas, to Florida. We're working on a, a car here from Florida. Yeah, yeah. yeah the guys. You know, we have cars. Pretty much, we're starting to put little pegs on the map to see how yeah. far we got around the U.S. And yeah. it's pretty cool. We sold a car for a gentleman in E-Town. His name was Steve Savage. He built a beautiful 70 Chevelle, okay. and he decided he wanted to sell it. We found a guy in Wichita, Kansas, that wanted to buy the car. Uh -huh. And when the guy delivered the car, he said, Vinny, the guy is on cloud nine. I said, what do you mean? He says, he is so excited and everything. He hasn't landed yet. He's on cloud nine. <laughs> because when we yeah, represent what we're selling for another person, we tell it like it is. Everything was there. When he got it, he couldn't believe it was everything it was supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. So he nothing got, came up short. He got his money's worth. He got his money's worth, and he was happy, and he's enjoying the car now. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, and that was an example of somebody who had actually just, you know, kind of been taken by another vendor. So he had gotten his money back, I guess, essentially from a job that was never built mm. after years, and so just to have one and have it be exactly as advertised. But yeah, as far as the tent this is an example oh, of the spring show great. tent so you can see we can try to have like a lot of varieties 69 barracudas yeah. 68 and there's nobody Mustang. in the whole car show that has more than two cars on display we have nine yeah and to your point. Next, next week we'll probably have five or six in the full show because we don't have as much room mm. but these cars will be cars that have been completed recently or five ten 
20 something years wow yeah usually we'll have it under construction and then all the way up to like he was saying like 25 years so that way you can see the longevity of the build that's and, important and the quality well, and the really? show cars that are 25 years old that look like good as good as the day they came out that's amazing and that's a testament of our work our material our labor and keeping a car in good condition as a customer by keeping a garage keeping it clean and waxed yeah i mean you can get a brand new car out of here and if you leave it out in the weather there's no, there's no way the car's going to stay in nice shape. You have to protect your investment. You do. You really do. But they, they are built so they can not take a beating, but they can be used and enjoyed because the best enjoyed. example we have is right. at the GM show this year, we had two 70 Chevelles that we both built, both built in 2009. One of them is rarely ever driven, meticulously maintained, but always mm-hmm. inside, rarely driven. The other one is... About 15,000 miles on. Yeah, it takes it to every possible show in the local show. area. And, you know, you Hard can't walk which around which. and right. know which one right. was which. So, you know, they're they're not going to chip that easily or scuff wow. that easily. So. That's impressive. And that guy drives the wheels off that. He goes to every possible show you could ever imagine. So everywhere he goes, they know that car was done by us. And usually, you know, he wins everywhere he goes. But uh, What a beautiful calling card for you yes, guys. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Pictures are terrific, but when you have a real life subject there, mm-hmm. like, you can you see know, the depth of the paint. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, he has a 572 cubic inch motor in there. His name is Dave Dar. He lives in Carlisle. He's well known around here for going to all the shows and mm-hmm. works in awesome. giant foods. Well, that's wow. the one with 15,000 miles on it. That's incredible. So. Wow. Is that a crate motor? Mm-hmm. Yep, it's a five seventy two crate motor. It came through with five hundred, uh, six hundred fifteen horsepower. That's naturally aspirated too, right? Yes, yes, mm-hmm. sir. That's impressive. Yep, that is impressive. Yeah, we have a, a sixty three Corvette we're building we for a gentleman. Also, obnoxiously loud. <laughs> yeah, very yeah. loud. Too loud. We have a <laughs> customer named David Semmel who has a sixty three split window Corvette, which is resto modern. And we're redoing the car. Is that the one that's in the shop, the Venice show? Yeah, yeah, it's okay. on the turntable mm-hmm. there, waiting to mm-hmm. get painted. And we just put the LS9 supercharged motor in there that dyno that's 714 horsepower. <laughs> so these cars are built with late model technology. It'd be better steering, better driving, better handling, mm-hmm. uh, new interior, new gauges, everything to make it like you're driving a brand new car. But have an old body laid on top. That's why they call them resto mods because mm-hmm. they're restored but mm-hmm. modified, mm-hmm. and they're worth sometimes two to three times the value of a stock original Corvette. Wow! Yeah, you know, like original Corvette might be worth one hundred fifty thousand in that year in top condition. These cars sometimes top out at three and four hundred thousand dollars. Here's that frame which we just brought to the wow. show. Wow, that's incredible. So. so we do Corvettes, we do Cobras, we do fiberglass kick cars, so there's all the fiberglass. Stuff. Yeah. We do street rods. We have a California kick car here that we did for a guy, Paul Masuri, in Staten Island, New York, that is a duplicate-looking car from the movie California Kid back in the day with Martin Sheen. Mm. Um, we built golf carts that had 57 Chevy bodies on them. <laughs> we did pedal cars with trick paint jobs for kids, uh, for grandparents and fathers that have been customers of ours and they wanted something special for their grandchild. 
match their car. It's it's really awesome to see a little kid smiling from ear to ear when you give him a car oh, that yeah. looks like it's brand spanking new, yeah. more than you could ever expect on a pedal car. Yeah, and we try to get the customers involved. So this is that show, Ladies, that we always go to that we enjoy so much. We brought this this 55 uh, Chevy 210. I just died. But uh, there, and so there, I guess they have a guy from Rad or Bad Chats Customs there, which the customer was a big fan of. So he actually ended up winning a top nine award. And the guy, Chad, was the one presenting all the awards. So you got to meet him. There's a guy named Jerry Parks. He's from uh, Westchester County, almost near the Bronx. Yeah. He's a retired fire captain. So we have people who are fire captains. We have people that are policemen. We have people that work for the Pentagon. We have mm-hmm. people that are retired military. We Active have teachers. Military. We, mm-hmm. we have all walks of life from all over the tri-state um, uh, mid-Pacific area here, mm-hmm. mid-Atlantic, mm-hmm. and people from, like I said, Denver, uh, North Carolina, South wow. Carolina. We're entertained doing a rest of month for a doctor that comes from California. So, mm. yeah. you know, this is a true art. Not everybody yeah. wants to do this work. It's a time-consuming thing. Yep. A lot of guys like to do the collision where they're in and out and they make a quick buck, which is fine. This sure. is, this is a lot of passion. Labor of love. Labor of yeah. love. Mm-hmm. You don't always get exactly what you deserve, but if you do something you like every day and you enjoy it and you go to work and you're happy, you're way ahead of most of the other population out there. Yes, sir. The nice thing, too, is that with the Internet and this is kind of what's helped with us being able to expand and everything, too, and just really focus on restoration as opposed to having to... <clears throat> Like, we do do collision. We also do custom collision. We'll have cars sent here from New York and other states that are in, uh, that are right. classics that have been uh, either in flood or collision damage. It's just because a lot of people aren't familiar with how to actually repair them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they build them out like a regular, you know, brand new car collision. But, um, so, we do all of that. But being able to focus and really have everything be around restoration and customization is mostly because we have this, like, online power now so we can approach we have people coming to us from you know all over the country basically some of them not having ever seen an actual car we've built uh-huh. um in person um just seeing them online or however and because we've built kind of the contracts and the wish list and everything uh-huh. they have that transparency uh-huh. so they don't have to really worry like we'll have people who've paid in full never come to the shop never see the car till it's finished and then they get it delivered and they love it uh-huh. and you know and so you couldn't do that 20 years ago no. because, you you know, there'd be no way to see everything. And also, you know, it's just nice because we can email updates. We can text photos every sure. day. So we have people that we really developed it because we had so many war college people that were overseas for the entire course of the build. So for two years, you know, even though they might live in Carlisle, they're overseas. So we kind of had to develop the system so that they could... Actively engage in the process. Seems like a really good process. Some of the car shows that we go to, we meet people. Like we went to the good guys start our first time show in York, <clears throat> and uh, it was at the York Fairgrounds. And mm-hmm. we met a gentleman from Puerto Rico that was there with his wife, and he was pretty serious about wanting a 1935 Chevy Deluxe car master. to bring back to uh, master to bring back to to Puerto Rico. So we're trying to communicate with him to see what he wants to do and then take that car, finish it for him, maybe send it to Puerto Rico and start making the name out of the States, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was young, I built a truck. It was called Fine and Dandy. It was so far ahead of its time. It was a 74 Chevy pickup. And I sold it right here in Carlisle in 1983. 
because we were getting married, me and my wife, Eileen, and I wanted to sell it for the apartment, the honeymoon, the mm. wedding, so we sold it. It went to the Jersey Shore of Pennsylvania for many years in a showroom. Then that guy sold it to a guy that went to Canada. Then he sold it to a guy in the Netherlands. <laughs> so that one truck had been to four different places. Yeah. And then one time I was at a New York Coliseum car show and I had a 69 black caddy that was just brand new. I just did the interior. It was only 30 miles old from the time I took it from Brooklyn mm. to Manhattan to put it in the show. And this guy approached me and he wanted to buy it. And I didn't want to sell it. And he says, do you, well, how much do you want for it? I said, I'm not selling it. He says, well, what would it take? So he was hounding me to no end. So I just threw a number out, which was foolish of me. And I said, I won't take a dime less than 10 grand. And he said, I'll take it. And he bought the car. It turned out that he has Japanese steakhouses in Palm Springs, California, and in Honolulu, Hawaii. Amazing how that car went out to maybe Palm Springs, and maybe he shifted it to, to Hawaii. And then we did a 78 oh, Caddy that we did, and we did a candy apple red paint job, which was, was so wow. competitive, it beat out Corvettes for best paint awards most of the times. People were upset that they're getting beat in a show car that they have huh. literally tens of thousands of dollars and, and a Cadillac with a super unbelievable paint job was beating them for best paint. And that car I traded for a 55 Chevy, which I should have had my head examined because my car was a lot better than his. And that car stayed in New York State, but who knows where it is now. But That's, What's funny though is the fine and dandy one, like it had like a little bit of like local fame I guess in the New York area that was like when he was his first builds but I actually had somebody email me like last year trying to ask like what kind of like lug pattern and wheel size on fine and Danny and stuff like because they still had like details from the shows and stuff yeah. wow. and they wanted to emulate it this was the other from the throwback yeah of one of his first builds was, yeah. and we've made magazines yeah, cool. and we've For been on videos yeah. we did a black and silver 61 t-bird that we had a five page spread and we also got on a TV show called What My Car's Worth. Mm. And that was with the T-Birds. So that car got tremendous exposure. But it was so f awesome a car that nobody's ever seen something that was done to this extent. Mm. Nobody two-toned that car. We two-toned it. Nobody did a two-tone interior. We two-toned it. We slammed it to the ground, put foose wheels on it, mm. had airbrush work on nothing instead of emblems where people wish to feel it to see that it, they couldn't believe how real it was. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's just exquisite. As far as all the airbrush work, like for if we have the photos and stuff, like on all the cars except for the, the pinstriping on like the kids' cars, all from J.R. Fogelsanger, who's like mm. under the bizarrest. So he yes, he know. works with us and yeah, we, we try to have him do all He's of our. He's an extraordinary guy. Oh, yes, yeah, he is. Phenomenal work. Yeah. That T-Bird was sold and went to Florida, and the guy was a lawyer. And his father was a drummer for Pink Floyd. And after he bought that car, he wanted us to build him a Cadillac. So just by buying the car that we'd done, he wanted to go and start a second car. So that's how you build a, yes. a name. That's how you build a future. Yes. And usually what you have is on display is, is what brings you more work. Yeah. Yep. This was the first year, 94, so those were all the giveaways. That's incredible. Well, this was not a giveaway. But. Beautiful work. Well, I know that uh, we're coming up on the end of this. Well, I know that we don't want to talk specifics on time frames and things, but 
I'll, uh, I'll turn to you, Vanessa, and Vinny. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some, the new project that doesn't involve wheels, but it's it's moving location here. It's happening mm-hmm. in the next, uh, so we say, 12 months or so? Definitely within the so, next yeah. 12 months, yeah. Um, it's a uh, 96,000 square foot facility in the town of Shippensburg. It used to be called Hoffman Mills. It was a, a textile mill that was around for over 100 years. And the foreign market put them out of business. They went out of business in 05. We purchased the building in 17. We've been re- renovating it for over two and a half years and looking to put the finishing touches on it within the next few to six months. Mm-hmm. Hopefully by the beginning of 2020, that building will be up and ready and going into the early parts of the spring maybe and mm-hmm. then have a big open house where we'll tell everybody through newspaper and, 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 and maybe... Well, Cars of Carlisle is going to be part of that, oh, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And Brand it'll be great, because when I first moved down here from New York, we had open houses across the street, and they were terrific. We got to meet a lot of new people, mm-hmm. met a lot of new faces, mm-hmm. made a lot of new customers. Right. You know, and once people see what you have, they realize that that's what they want. Right. And it'll also be just awesome, because it'll, I'm, I'm like the efficiency side of things, so for, for that, it'll be amazing, because we'll be able to have all of our projects kind of working simultaneously right now we have multiple facilities so we have to like Mm -hmm. you know split up our staff and you know just split up our time but there and we'll have a 10,000 square foot body paint fabric uh, I'm sorry just like body and fabrication center and then we're going to have 15,000 square foot paint center about 12,000 square foot upholstery center 30,000 square foot storage center and then another about 11,000 square foot area that will be for collision but mostly like if you just want to upgrade your suspension do brake changes we'll also be able to offer um all dustless uh vapor blasting Mm -hmm. to strip the cars in house and then we'll have a lot of like interior vendor type things like tints we'll have a full detail um dash lighting and things like that exactly dash lighting interior uh, audio so basically if there's anything you wanted to do to customize an older or a newer car you could basically go there it's gonna be all one roof right like and then the showroom which will mm-hmm. have the retail area mm-hmm. automotive uh furniture furnishings and then we'll also have certain things like products that we you know support and recommend they'll sure. have little stands there and then we'll also have some independent artists mm-hmm. just kind of selling you know their prints or uh some of them do custom rendering so for different customers and what a great way to open it up automotive art we take actual car parts and create different things that are in everyday usage mm-hmm. and nice. there'll be a lot of that throughout the facility that's cool and we're we also reincorporated a lot of the stuff from the building that the was well over 100 mm-hmm. years old in different locations we're making uh tables and, and and racks out of the metal that we took out of the building we're going to make uh, we used a, a big doorway that was in a vestibule area and moved it into a complete lunchroom. So mm-hmm. we reincorporated a lot of that stuff. Plus, That's we have really a bunch clever. of souvenirs that we're going to have on display for all the people that had two and three generations that have worked in the Hoffman Mills building. So when they come in really. for the open house, they'll see things. And I've seen people come in and literally cry wow. on the things that they saw. So. I think this is going to be very emotional for people that worked their whole life sure. and grandparents that worked mm-hmm. there, and, yeah. and they're really excited. What yeah. a great thing you guys are doing. It will be nice for the area, too, because it's basically been a brown lot for the last 10 years. Mm. I mean, no one really made the effort to develop it because we've had it, you know, no one wants, wanted to tackle the 
96,000 square foot roof that we basically, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, had to do. But so now I'll be, a you know, working part of the community again. The building will be revitalized, so that'll be nice. And we should be able to add at least five more jobs, like right off the bat. And we're Good. hoping, you know, hopefully another 10 within the few years following. Well, you mentioned even some things about services that maybe people, and I even said I might consider for my Z06 in the future, but having that square footage for essentially climate Right. Yeah, um, it'll be 30,000 square foot to start. We can expand it up to 45,000 without taking away from any of the other areas. Mm-hmm. So it'll basically be interior storage that's climate controlled, so that's between 50 and 90 with a 55 degree humidity factor. Mm-hmm. All be monitored. There'll be no exterior access to the building. It's all block construction, solid roof, no windows. There'll be a section in the back where we'll have a private collector's room that if you have someone who has a lot of vehicles that they want to store or mm-hmm. vehicles and or collectibles they'll have a private feed circuit mm-hmm. video monitoring system mm-hmm. everything else will be monitored on a feed that only we can see the cars will only be brought in and out by a few select customers that have access everything else is keyed access so there's a lot of these places that make them like a clubhouse mm-hmm. and you're kind of hanging out and it's like i wouldn't want to you know have somebody sitting on my Ferrari with like a champagne glass like they show oh, right. in the ad like that they're all right. hanging out back there like it's a club uh, it takes away the you know the allure it's of a bit security of a, it's a giant safe deposit box exactly yeah. so they'll all have their own separate lined out areas there'll be three packages but everybody will get battery tender and or shut off uh-huh. whatever their preference um, every month they'll get a check sheet that want photos cars will have the fluids checked oil checked everything like that the doors open moved around mm-hmm. so that they're not stagnant and then they'll be build on packages for if you want you know the humidity cubes mm-hmm. like it's extra mm-hmm. you know like the little bubbles that mm-hmm. supposedly are completely rust proof but um yeah it should be pretty good and then also a lot of the other facilities in the area like in new york and philadelphia they have to outsource all of the work, whereas if you want to have your car completely detailed mm. or ceramic coated or you want to have the wheels changed or get air conditioning added by the time you pick it up, mm-hmm. we can do all of that in-house nice. for, you know, for that additional, you know, package. And we'll also offer transportation. So if you have your collection in New York, mm-hmm. you can be transported mm-hmm. to and from the facility. And so all services. That's exactly. a beautiful thing. We're in the service business. We still alive. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't have service in their blood. I grew up in a family business. My father taught me well. I know Vanessa learned well. Mm-hmm. Vanessa's kids will learn well. Mm-hmm. It's what you know is what you preach. So That's right. Giving people what they want is what we want to do. Actions speak louder than anything. Absolutely. Well, what would your what would uh, your younger Vinny self say about uh, going from that four thousand square foot in, in Brooklyn to <laughs> what's now going to be coming up here in Shippensburg? I think he would be happy, and I think he would be uh, kind of knowing that that was where the direction was going, because uh, in my younger days, I had a race car called Mr. Determination. Uh. <laughs> I always was determined sure. to do what I wanted. I worked many hard hours and many different jobs to get to a point that I could open my own business, and I paid the price, mm-hmm. and uh, it was worth it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, if you want something and you're working hard enough, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, mm-hmm. you work hard enough, you can go out and grab anything you want and get it and just move on from there. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm happy with the results. I'm happy with our success. We, 
in this business it's a it's a roller coaster ride there's some days that are super super good and mm -hmm. some days are not so good you know sure and everything depends on the economy oh yeah because uh, the people that are building these cars if they don't have that play money it's hard to get them to build these sure. type of cars that's right so with the help of God the, the US keeps getting better and better and the economy keeps better and better this will only grow and grow and grow well, that's also why it's nice to have the diversity because now we'll have the indoor storage as one we'll have collision on one we'll have revenue. painting yeah. could be industrial or truck paint we do a lot of fleet color changes mm -hmm. so if people want to have all red trucks for their company mm -hmm. so that is all going on and the nice thing is that the new building none of that will detract from anything that we're doing with the restoration because they're all in independent wings like independent staffs and the other thing is we have the expanded reach with you know more of a national customer base but we also don't exclude anybody so a lot of shops either do certain genres or they only do cars if they can start from the beginning to the end and they won't come into the middle mm -hmm. or they don't want to do like smaller jobs or tiered jobs we have things that we do that are rollers if people want to do their own mechanical work because they're mechanically inclined but they're not into mm -hmm. the metal work and body mm -hmm. and paint we'll do a roller where we'll do all the metal work all the body work all the paint get everything fit and then send in and then they do the you know uh, mechanical that's actually the car that just won at Let East, the 55210. Uh, we did everything, did the interior, sent it to him without the front clip. He put the engine in because he wanted to do that, did some wiring, sent it back, we put the front clip on, put the interior on, and now it's good to go. Yeah. Other people, they just want to put the radio bezel on just because they want to feel like they had a tool on the car, and that's fine too. And 90% of the work is all frame off in house, and mm -hmm. you know, and that's it. But we try to work with people, we've taken jobs that you know are always more aggravating because they were started and you know either done poorly or or incompletely by other shops and sure. you know we don't want people to be stranded especially with some of these cars that are generational cars that yeah. have been three generations in and now they have basically a bunch of boxes that mm -hmm. no one knows what to do with mm -hmm. so we don't exclude other people but now we'll have kind of a wing for just kind of the not going full frame off so sure. it's not a you know maybe a one to two year project but it's maybe I want new brakes or new suspension, and so that or phases. Maybe someone does it; exactly. they can afford we'll it. You're one, I want to do this. You're two, I'll do this. Exactly. You're three, I'll do this. And some of that is what we do too with the rolling frames and stuff. We try to get so they don't spend the money twice, right. but that way they can do things that they won't have to undo later when they get sure. to the second phase. That's smart, and that shows again you're working with them. You're not just trying to make a quick well, buck. Well, one of the exactly. big factors is the sport and hobby gets older. A lot of the older gentlemen can't finish their own cars so they're partially done so we help them out we have some other companies that go out of business because they're old or they passed away and we finish cars uh, we have a certain client that is a, a terrific person a terrific customer his name is Bruce Zinn we met him back in the 2004-05 era and he had a wife that was okay they thought she was okay. They said to come back in a year, and then when they came back in a year, she had breast cancer, and it spread so bad that she died three months later. Mm. And we had a vehicle that he wanted to build with his wife for colors and choices, so he asked me if I would take his vehicle on and finish it. It's not something we did as a, a, a routine because it's hard to pick somebody else's car not know where they left off. Mm -hmm. But hearing his story, I couldn't say no to him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I am so grateful that he came in, mm -hmm. we met him, we became very good friends. Mm -hmm. He's a very good customer. 
he comes to shows with us. We go to parties on his end. He goes to the parties on our end. He's just an amazing person, and you couldn't meet a nicer guy. And he's got kids that we did pedal cars for, and those are the things we work for. Those type of people, those type of customers, those are the people that make it worthwhile every single day to go to work. That's amazing. Well, I'll leave you both with the final word. Ladies first. Vanessa? No, I just really want to thank you for coming out and, you know, I've always been interested and I'll be interested to hear this. But, yeah, just looking to get more involved in the general community and mm-hmm. kind of have that outreach. And hopefully when we have the new center, it will be a lot more kind of street visible. But for people to just kind of pop in and see yeah. and explore. And because right now a lot of people find us from Texas, but a lot of people in this area don't realize that right. we're here. So yeah. it'll be good to have that kind of just like local kind of street traffic and everything again and kind of get involved in the community a little bit and try to get get more involved outside of just the shows and sure more so just like you know on a day-to-day kind of more casual basis well cars are calling i'll be honored to be partnering with you especially when you have your grand opening and and getting that excitement of people that come to shippensburg and and see what it's all about yeah well we have a whole whole book for that ready to go to as soon as we get closer because that was definitely a, a full frame off frustration too so. well yeah different guy yeah Vinny, final word well again like what i said thank you for coming down and, mm-hmm. and sharing some time with us hopefully we can reach some of the people that uh are in the same hobby as us and they like uh what we do and possibly maybe get one of their family members cars done mm-hmm. we love doing tribute cars we go 110% making sure that everything is uh, right where they want it because it's family heirloom is more valuable than anything else mm-hmm. there's so many memories mm-hmm. you know my dad was a supermarket guy back in Brooklyn a car to him was just uh, something you put gas in and go to the store and get stuff or go to the market mm-hmm. you know so it's a lot more to me than it was to some people but sure. you know things like that having these cars to do for people that had their family members pass or even while their family member was alive you know it means a lot to us and uh, I'm looking forward down the road to do one of the cars that Vanessa found in Oklahoma which was a 61 Pontiac Catalina Safari wagon that my dad drove to the market so we don't have his car but we found one other in Oklahoma, and this is not a car you find. years of searching. Yeah. <laughs> so we bought it. It needs total restoration. We're going to try to get to it along with everybody else's, and that's going to be my biggest memory of my dad. That's and I'm great. I'm looking forward to doing that. What a beautiful tribute to that. Thank you. Well, to the Scalavino family, thank you for hosting and having me, and uh, we'll, we'll send it back to the studio. All right, great. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, welcome back to Studio A here at Cars of Carlisle Studios. And wanted to say a big thank you to Vinny and Vanessa for opening up their shop. And we are going to have ongoing episodes with them as they do major restorations or work on a really incredible project. We will go back out towards Shippensburg and meet with them and do some features and, and keep uh, open line of communication. So there'll be more podcast episodes with our friends, the Scalavinos. So earlier in this episode, I asked the trivia question simply was, did the founder of Bugatti, Ettore Bugatti, say that weight was the enemy, true or false? Well, the answer is true. It is indeed, has always been a principle of Bugatti that they built not only beautiful, gorgeous lined vehicles, but also trying to shave off weight wherever possible 
so that with the large engines, they were able to attain uh, incredible top speeds, especially going back the, the last uh, 80, 80 years or so. Uh, with that, they also put so much effort into the way that the engine blocks were designed. Uh, they hand scraped the blocks themselves. They, they wanted the design to speak for itself. They made the surfaces so perfectly uh, flat and planed that they didn't even need gaskets sometimes for the sealing of that. A lot of the exposed surfaces of the engine compartment were, um, the finish on them were almost art-like, artwork, to the degree that it was um, almost too pretty to even get oil in. It was just, uh, Bugatti has always put so much emphasis on the design. So the, uh, the performance is not outmatched by the, uh, by the overall looks and beauty. So I will ask you all, if you would, please rate and review. We'd love to have your five stars, and thank you for your support of this show, and, and uh, we can't wait to have you come back next week. If you do subscribe, the good news with that is it will automatically download into your queue. So Tuesday night, it'll be there waiting for you, whether you're out working in the shop or if you're on a commute uh, Wednesday morning or maybe on the treadmill or whatever it might be, it will be queued up and ready for you to go. So encourage you to subscribe, and we appreciate uh, everyone's ongoing support this is your podcast we simply just are at the behind the steering wheel be sure to uh, reach out to us Re contact us at cars at outlook.com let us know your thoughts we appreciate all the fan mail that we get so for now i'll simply say drive well be well take care <laughs>